How's everybody doing? Man, it's a beautiful day. Uh, before I start, I just want to... I preached in, uh, in, in Easter. On Easter Sunday, I preached. That was my last sermon I did for Seaside. Um, and on that day, like a few days before that, a wonderful sister by the name of Anna Rowe, who was a part of our church plant team, uh, she came by, out, out, me, and, me and Mina were at a Starbucks, and uh, she came by with a, a, a Uniqlo bag. And I was like, oh, I, I, I just say, is that for me? And she's like, yes, it is. And she gave me this shirt to, pre, to, to wear on my, my first Easter Sunday that I preached. I was really, I felt so loved. But uh, on Easter Sunday, I forgot to mention it because I was, I was so excited about my sermon. I was like, I totally forgot. And so uh, I actually want to mention that Anna, Anna Rowe, thank you for the gift. My favorite VA girl. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ain't no shame, no. It's funny because, uh, you know, like there's, it, for those of you guys don't know, in Seoul, there's a group of uh, girls all from Virginia. They call themselves the VA girls. Three of them are here today. And, uh, you know, and I would go up to each and every one of them and say, you know, you're my favorite VA girl. And they're like, oh, you say that to all the other girls. But, you know, I think that's what, I'm manifesting God's heart when I say that, you know, because... Because, you know, to, to God, we're, we're each his favorite. Amen? You know, so, you know, when I say, Anna Rowe, you are my favorite VA girl, you are. And so is Sammy, and so is Kathleen, and all the other girls. But, uh, yeah, I'm just playing. I hope you guys are having a good time. Uh, when I look out at here, at this ocean, I'm reminded of baptisms. And uh, I cannot wait till we have baptisms here. Uh, people in Seoul that are listening via podcast, while you guys are getting baptized in the kiddie pool, up on the roof of the Itaewon Sanctuary, because you know in Seoul it ain't no body of water like that. You can you can dunk in the Han River, but then you're gonna come out a different person, and it, it's not by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's power power of the toxic toxic chemicals that are running through the Han River. But you know, for us, we have this amazing ocean, and we're gonna be doing baptism. It's gonna be amazing, right? And I'm just excited. I look at the ocean, and I just say, man, I just can't wait till baptisms. But today I have a, a, a good word for you guys. And I have a, uh, I'm just going to get into it because it's kind of long. Sorry. You know, like, I, I, I'm going to be preaching. I'm going to be doing membership class later. Some of you guys are going to be having my face all day long. So just get used to it. Uh, today I want to I look at two chunks of uh, Scripture that uh, God really spoke to me about. And the first one comes from Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 15. So turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Verses 1 through 25, actually. There's 125. Um, It's a a big chunk of uh, Scripture, so I'm just going to read it for you kind of quickly. It starts from verse 1. Yes. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in the sea, sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had not rooted, withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, 
growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And then he goes on to explain the parable of the sower. And then in verse 21, this is the chunk of scripture that I really want to look at today. It says, And he said to them, Is a lamp brought into in, brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If everyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the ones who has, more will be given, and from the ones who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And, uh, and we, we read early on the, the famous parable of the sower. And it's, it's a parable that we've all heard many times. And it's like the only parable, one of the only parables that Jesus actually explains to us. And he kind of tells us the meaning of it. And, uh, but the, the, really, the, the chunk of scripture that I really want to look at out of this is the lamp under a basket, lamp under a bowl. And you know, he uses this imagery many times in the Bible. In, in, all, in, in the Gospels, in Matthew, Luke, and in Mark, Jesus uses the, the imagery of a light under a basket or a light under a bowl or a light under a bed. And many people associate this automatically with let your light shine before man. So uh, when, you, when you look at the, the, the famous one in Matthew, you know, the one where he's standing, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And he's before like a multitude of people. And when, when Jesus was around, and he was like, oh, when Jesus was around uh, a multi- like people, that many people, he always spoke in parables. You know, he always spoke in parables, and uh, he always explained to them. Usually, when, when he was alone with his with the small when his uh, with his disciples, and in Mat- Matthew chapter five, it's clear he's talking about let your light shine before men. And when you look at it in Luke chapter eleven, he uses it to warn self righteous people to make sure that the light in them is not darkness. Now, when you read it, it's clear. Uh, but many people read Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8, which is basically the same passage, okay? And they associate, let your light shine before man. And they think that Jesus is saying, it's a continuation of the sower, the, the parable of the sower, and saying, you know, you, we, I want you to bear good fruit, now go out and shine before man. But if you read this, this passage in its context and in its continuity, you realize that what Jesus is saying is very different. Okay? Let me retell the story in the way that I see it, okay? So Jesus is standing, like, by the river, and then there's a, a huge group of people gathered. You know, when Jesus, wherever he went and he taught, he always gathered people. And the people were just drawn to him. And so he had to get on a boat, you know, and go on to the, to, to the side of the river, and he started teaching the people, the crowd, in, in parables. And then it says in verse chapter, I mean, in chapter, I mean, verse 10, he says, when he was alone, those around him, the twelve, uh, ask him about the parable. So basically, him and his, his homies, his friends, his disciples, you know, they were in a, in a smaller venue with him and the 12 and the people that were kind of traveling together. And then, like, the disciples are kind of, like, scratching their heads and looking at each other and saying, like, Jesus, what the heck are you talking about? You know, like, 
What are you talking about seeds and farming, you know? We're fishermen. You're a carpenter. You know, what do you want us to be? You want us to be farmers now? You want us to, to, to plant seeds or something? You want us to grow crops? You know, that, they, they, were, they, were, they didn't know what he was talking about. And then Jesus says to them in, a verse, in, in verse 10, it says, and the, He said to them, to, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. And he, he, and he says this uh, a piece of scripture from Isaiah, talking about how you know, for those that hear, and they hear the word of God, and they're able to understand it. And then there's the ones that have hardened their hearts to the, to the Lord. And to them, it will not make sense. And then he's saying, and he said to him, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He's saying like, man, if you don't get this, how are you going to get everything else? You know what I mean? How are you going to get everything else? And then from that place, he explains the parable. And then he says, is a lamp brought into to be put under a basket? And what, what if you read it in this in this context, he's saying, you know what? I'm here to shine. I'm here to to not be hidden under a basket. What he's saying is he's not telling the disciples to go out and let their light shine before man and to not cover their light under a basket. But he's saying that's not what he's doing. He's saying I'm not covering this. This is not secret stuff for you guys. Y'all should be getting this. Saying, like, you guys should understand this. Your hearts aren't hardened towards the Lord. If you don't get this, how are you going to get everything else? And, and what, I, what he's talking about here is revelation. He's talking to his disciples. Man, you guys aren't getting it. You guys need revelation in your life. When I speak these things, you know, I'm not here so that I could hide under a bed. I'm not here so that I could be put under a basket. I'm here to shine. To the ones that can hear me, you have to hear. And it says... For those who have ears to hear, let them hear. If you got ears, everybody here has ears. You know, Van Gogh still had one ear. If you got ear, let them hear. He's saying, come on, you guys have hearts that are turned to me. You guys are my disciples. You guys should be able to hear this. You know, and, and what Jesus is talking about here is revelation. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 16, 25, verses 22 to 27. Romans chapter 16. I was just going to read it to you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings have been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. To bring about the obedience of faith, the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. It says, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for, so, for long ages, but has now been disclosed. And Paul and Jesus is saying that before it was a secret. It was a secret. For the ages, it was kept from man. Now, the only ones that really understood it and can perceive it were the prophets. But he's saying, it is not, it's not like that anymore. In Christ Jesus, it's being revealed. And when Jesus tells this parable, he's telling his disciples, you guys have to catch what's happening here. You guys have to have the understanding to perceive what is happening, the mystery that is being revealed. You guys have to catch, catch this. He's saying it's no longer a secret. His light, his revelation is not being hidden under a basket or under a bed, but it's out in the open, for us to hear and to use it. 
but we have to have ears to hear. And it goes on in verse 24. Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the ones who has more, more will be given. And from the ones who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus is telling us that as his disciples, we need to be receiving revelation. He's saying it's not, it's not being hidden from us. If, if, we are your, if we are his disciples, we should be hearing from the Lord. If we are his disciples, when we read the word of God, when we read the word of God, we should be getting revelation. When, when, when we're sitting alone and we hear his still small voice, he's speaking to us revelation. When we receive prophetic words, you know, it doesn't just go over our heads, but it becomes revelation. Holy Spirit is leading us into revelation, but we have to have ears to hear. The next chunk of scripture that I want to look at is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 to 23. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1, 16 to 23. I'm just going to start reading it. I do not cease to give thanks to you. He's talking to the, to the church in Ephesus. Okay. It says, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all the rule and authority and power, dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him a head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And, you know, and and Paul's saying this to the the church of Ephesus and the the Christians. You know, he's saying this to Christians. And when I read this and I, I kind of, like, while I was writing this sermon, you know, the, the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, this, this concept kind of hit my head. And then and my head just kind of like shut down. Um, I got like the spirit of confusion came over me about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I could not grasp it. And like, I, I, had, I had all this truth and all this. I was, I was getting somewhere. I was getting somewhere. But then this, I was blocked by this. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. I was like, man, I don't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And I could have kind of like molded over and just said, you know what? It's the spirit of wisdom, mercy. It's wisdom. It's revelation. You know, we all need it. And I could have just gone on, but God really pressed in my heart. I want you to go deeper, and I want you to find the truth that I, I've hidden in here. And when you when you think about it, it says that you know I got really confused because first of all, okay, Paul's praying this to believers. He's saying, I pray that you will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay? And so it kind of makes it seem like we don't have it when we become saved. When we become Christian and the Holy Spirit gets deposited into us, you know, do we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation? And, and really, what is that, you know? And when I read verses like uh, 1 Corinthians 1, chapter, I think it's 1 Corinthians 2, uh, or 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 through 11, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit that the person which is in him? So, so also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
So I was thinking, like, is if this spirit of wisdom and revelation is supposed to come into me after salvation, and we have the Holy Spirit, it's like, are they two separate things? And I was wondering if, if, the, if the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can lead us in revelation of, of God, then what is this thing that's called this wisdom of, the spirit of wisdom and revelation? And then my, my, my brain came to this, like, crash. crash. I was like, oh, I'm stuck. And so, like, I just, like, I just started, like, kind of, like, like, mulling it over. I started praying. I, I asked Mina a bunch of questions. Like, what do you think this means? And she's like, oh. I asked, I asked Pastor Lydia as well. I was, I was kind of, like, you know, like, really kind of, like, like, trying to come up with this in my, in my mind and in my spirit. Um, and, you know, we, and, and, and one of the things that got me was the the or the uh, okay? In the, in the, in the NIV, they say the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's also in the King James Version. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Like it's like another spirit that's out there. Like there's the Holy Spirit and there's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that really got to me. And I was like, man, that, you know, like that, that kind of doesn't sit right with me. If Holy Spirit is the only thing that can lead us in revelation, what is this thing? And what is it? Is this something else? No, and so I kind of got stuck. And then when you read the ESV, which is the version that, you know, New Philly uses, and also the NASV, if you read that, it says, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. So if you read it like that, it, it, it kind of seems like it's something that we already have. We have a spirit, and it becomes one of wisdom and revelation. So I, and I really didn't know. So I started doing, a, you know, and, and what got to me more was that, you know, when some, certain preachers, they'll preach, and they'll say, you know what? I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come into this room, and that we'll just start understanding everything I, I, I preach right now. That they'll start understanding and then, you know, whenever I heard preachers say that, I would always wonder, what is that? <laughs> is it like, is it, is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it some other spirit that floats above the sanctuary and kind of comes out and let us know what it's about and then goes away? And I really, like, I really didn't understand, you know. And, and I'm not blaming those other preachers, but I just, I, I would kind of, I, I would kind of, like, really be curious about what the spirit of wisdom and revelation really was. And so I started doing research, and I started going on Google. You know, a lot of my... Theological research all happens on Google. I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't have any big theological books to, in my library. I just have my computer and my Bible. So I went on Google, and I just, I just started researching it. I just started looking at what other theologians were talking about, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there's actually a belief that Christians believe that it's, um, some be- believe that it's a gift, it's a gift, like an esoteric gift that we get from God after salvation. Like it's something that, it's like, um, kind of like a, a, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like when we really pray for it, you know, God gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, like, like kind of like the gift, some people believe that this is what the gift of tongues is about. They think that it's an esoteric gift. You know, esoteric is a fancy word for only, only for a few. It's like some believe that tongues, it's only for a few, few, like a, a number of people. Like you have it, but you know, like you can't have it because you have it and you know, God's just not going to give it to you. No, but I believe that that's not true. And for the gift of tongues, we all could practice the gift of tongues. It's Paul, Paul tells us all to speak in tongues. I mean, he, he, he like, like he implores us to speak in tongues. And so, you know, it's like that. And, and when I kind of thought of the, the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in that way, it, it didn't sit right with me. I was like, you know what? I, I really don't think that's what it is. And so after a lot of going through it in my heart and, and talking with the Holy Spirit, I came up with this. 
I asked the Holy Spirit, and He brought me into this understanding. And I came to the conclusion that the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, it has to be the Holy Spirit. I mean, it has to be the Holy Spirit. I kept on coming back to verses like 1 Corinthians 2.11. It's actually 2.11. It says, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can lead us into the knowledge of God. And so I considered a new believer. Okay, Let's pretend that Noble just became a new believer. He was saved yesterday. Okay, He has the Holy Spirit in him. Amen? When he's saved, Holy Spirit goes inside of him, right? But, but he has very little knowledge of God. Okay? Little or no revelation. And little or no ability to get his own revelation. All the revelation that he's getting is coming from the pastor, from his small group leader, from, from, from whatever people that are speaking into his life. That's revelation coming. And he receives that because he's hungry. But any new revelation that God, he doesn't have the ability to come up with it on his own. Some of us can't. Some of us have that. God just downloads it into our, and we're like, bam, zap, revelation. I mean, like, we get it sometimes like that. But, you know, I'm talking about the daily life of receiving revelation from the Lord. When you're a Christian, you don't have that. You have the Holy Spirit, but you don't have that ability. You know? And, uh, and, and we, we have, so we have the Holy Spirit in us at salvation, okay? And the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, it's all revelation. Holy Spirit is every revelation that ever was spoken by God is in the Holy Spirit. Is, if, if you, another word for Holy Spirit is revelation. Because basically is God in itself. It's everything that's of God and, and everything that ever existed, everything that ever will exist is in the Holy Spirit. Okay? It is God. Okay? That is exists inside of us, right? And so now we have this, we have this like, 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 what is it? What do you call that? Like this paradox or no, it's kind of like, it doesn't fit right. Because we have the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the ability to, re- to receive that revelation when we're saved. But you know what? We also have our spirit. Okay? When we're saved, we, you know, a lot of people believe that when you get saved, that our spirit kind of gets kicked out the door. The Holy Spirit is in me. My spirit is gone. My spirit, I, I, I left it. I threw it away. You know? But it says in the Bible that we still have our spirit. As a matter of fact, our spirit is dead before salvation. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, our spirit comes alive. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we become a new creation, amen? And that in that new creation exists our spirit. Alright? Our spirit has become something new in the Holy Spirit. And we are a new creation. And it says in Romans 8.16, the Holy Spirit testifies, bears witness with our spirit, that we are sons and heirs of God. So we have, this, we have this, this relationship. Holy Spirit and our spirit. And Holy Spirit bearing witness and testifying on behalf of our spirit. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit bear, bears witness with our spirit. Our spirit needs to bear witness with, the, with what the Holy Spirit is saying. What, what, the, what the Holy Spirit is saying all the time, our spirit needs to bear witness with that. And that comes with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? When we are first saved, we have the Holy Spirit. But we don't know what He's talking about. <laughs> it's like the disciples in Mark 4. They had Jesus. But they, had, they didn't understand what He was talking about. No, they had Jesus, but they're like, Jesus, what did that mean? I don't know. And then Jesus is like, you know what? Come on, you should be getting this. But the moment we're saved, Holy Spirit in all knowledge and all revelation of God is in you. But you don't understand. Or you can't even sense what he's trying to reveal to you. 
But as our spirit becomes one with wisdom and revelation, all of a sudden we start catching things in the spirit. And a revelation here, understanding there, all of a sudden truth gets established in in you. You know, when you become saved, it's not like you get a basic version of the Holy Spirit. No, you don't get, you know, it's not like you get this basic version of the Holy Spirit that only gives you salvation and no revelation. And all of a sudden, one day, you get Holy Spirit 2.0. Now with revelation. You know what I mean? That's not how it works. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit in all His glory, in all His, His perfection, every thought of God, every Everything that God is, is in the Holy Spirit, and it is in you. And it's always trying to reveal. Holy Spirit is always trying to reveal. It's not like Holy Spirit is quiet. All of a sudden, it's like, Revelation here. Catch it. It's all quiet. It's like, here you go, Revelation here. See if you can catch that. It doesn't work that way. Holy Spirit is always revealing all the time. Because that is what He is. He is Revelation. And then as our spirit comes in line with wisdom and revelation, it starts to catch what the Holy Spirit is telling us. You know, sometimes we get a fresh revelation. That's good. Like, man, God spoke this to me when I was reading the Word of God. And it's so good. And you start digging deeper and deeper into it. And all of a sudden you get more revelation. You're like, man, this is even better. That's so good. And then you start digging and digging into that, and you're like, oh, there's more. There's more. There's more. And there's infinitely more. And then there's times when you, when, you, when you have revelation, or at least you think you have revelation, and you just sit on it. I got this revelation. I'm going to put it in my pocket. And see what it happens to. And I'm just going to go and see what Isaac's doing. I'm going to hang out with my wife, play Monopoly deal, play on the internet. And then you come back and you try to look at that revelation and you're like, where'd it go? You, when, when, when you sit on revelation, the revelation that you thought you had is no longer a revelation. Does this sound familiar? Mark 4, 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, you will be measured, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even when he has, will be taken away. In order to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, you have to go after it. You have to go after the things of God. You have to go after the things of the Spirit, because God is Spirit. You have to seek after it like it's a treasure. You know, like the people of this world go after the, the treasures of this world. We as God's people, we have to go after the things of God and the things of the Spirit through revelation. You know, like, I, used to, I say this example a lot. I went to prison for a while. And uh, I, I used to just kick it. And, and, and like, I had, I had a, I, there was a Filipino dude by the name of Humpty. I, I say this a lot because I, I remember, he probably, he never knows how many times he's been, been coming up in my sermons and in my, in my prayer sharing. But his name was Humpty, Filipino dude. It was like this big. But he was jacked. He has arms like legs, you know, and they called him Humpty because he looked like a big egg. <laughs> and he was just big, you know, he was big. And he used to be able to do 65 dips in one minute. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys know, but that's like, that's like, like more than a dip a minute. I mean, a second. It's like, like that, right? I don't know what a dip is. You go up there on the bars and you just like lift yourself up. And he used to do 65 dips in one minute. 
And we would time him too. We were like, dang, he did 65 this time, you know? He was big, you know? And he was this really cool guy, but he wasn't saved. You know, I, I used to talk about, I used to talk about him, talk with him, and he said that he got married. His, his wife was Catholic, but he wasn't spiritual in any ways. But then I would catch him reading the Bible. Cause like when you go to prison, they give you like this tiny little Bible. It has the New Testament, Proverbs, and the Psalms. And it's like plastic. And it's like that big. And you gotta like literally like really squint to see the words. But I would always catch him reading this Bible, you know? And I'd be like, you know what? Like I'd ask him one time. He's like, hey, do you, are you a Christian? Do you, you know, you're reading the Bible? And he's like, no, I read this for the stories. I read this because, you know, these stories are fun, you know, and then, you know, it has some like good meaning behind it. And, no, that's why I read, I read this, you know, like, like, I, I like to read Daniel Steele, and I also like to read this, <laughs> you know, and, where was I, oh yeah, and like, like, he would tell me, and, and, and what, what, what it was is he was just reading the words, and he was reading the story, there's no revelation going from the word, the, the word was not living, the word was not active, you know what, this actually is just a book, it's a book, that was made by Crossway. A bunch of paper, some leather, and just a word. It's a, it's, a, it's a book. And what makes it into the living word of God is your spirit. When you read it, it becomes revelation. And it's not something in the book that, you know, like some people say, don't, don't leave your Bible in the car. No, make sure that you, you take it inside your room and put it by your bed and make sure that you don't crumble it. Because it's the word of God. No, it's just a book. The book with words, but when your spirit takes a hold of it, it becomes revelation. You know what I mean? And in that way, Humpty was reading this Bible, and it was just a book to him. It's a bunch of stories. He, was, he wasn't able to catch any of the other revelations. In order to, for us to have a, wis, a spirit of wisdom and revelations, we need to find ourselves in the presence of God. You know, there's no way around it. It comes through sanctification. Now, we can pray for it like Paul did, but if your prayer doesn't come with you finding yourself in the presence of God, going after the things of God, it's pointless. And why? Because it says in verse 17 that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's He that gives it to you. You know what I mean? He gives it to you. And in order for Him to give it to you, you've got to be in His presence. You know, and some people say, well... It says in the Bible that if I pray for wisdom, God will give me wisdom to me. And he'll, he'll give it to me, and he'll give it to me not sparingly, you know? But yeah, it's true. God will give you wisdom unsparingly, but you have to pray for it, and you have to seek after it. You just can't ask God and sit there and say, wisdom and revelation, please. <laughs> and expect it to be like downloaded into your system. But it says in Proverbs 2, verses 3 to 4, And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, it will be given unto you. You have to go after it. You can't just ask God and say, Give me revelation and get on the internet and be on Facebook. You have to go after it. Some people, you know, like... like like, that's what, for a while, that's what I would do. People would say, you know what, you gotta pray for wisdom and God's gonna give it to you. And I was like, alright, God, give me wisdom. Let's play basketball. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work that way. You have to go after it, like it's your treasure. You know, I'm not saying that there aren't times when God just pours out revelation on you. There's times that He does that, you know. Even non-Christians, they get crazy revelations. 
You know, like non-Christian would be going down, walking down the street. Revelation, ah, Jesus is the Lord. You know what I mean? Like it happens. You know, it happens. There's stories of like, like, like masses of people getting converted. No preaching goes out. Just the angels come and minister to them. All of a sudden they're saved. It's crazy revelation like this. But if you, if you want to have a lifetime of receiving revelation from God, you need a spirit of wisdom and revelation and it comes from an intimate relationship with our Lord. You can't expect those, those crazy revelation moments and you can't depend on those to be your revelation. You know, when, when God speaks to you like that, you have to listen. If you don't listen, you're going to miss something big. But if you're depending on those revelations to carry you in your life, you're mistaken. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is not something that we can pray for and have, come, have it come upon us automatically to help us understand the things of God. Like, spirit of wisdom and revelation, please. Ding! Oh, that's what you want me to do in my life. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, please. Ding! Oh, I see what you're trying to tell me, God. It doesn't work like that. A spirit of wisdom and revelation is found and fostered in a place of intimacy with God. There's no other shortcuts. When we read on in Ephesians, we see what, what the spirit of revela- wisdom and revelation actually brings us. Okay, let's read, let's read uh, Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 once again. Said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the workings of His great might, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all this under his feet and gave him as over, gave him as head over all things, things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And it says in ver- chapter, I mean, in verse 17, that, that it, the spirit of wisdom and revelation brings us into the knowledge of Him. You know, it brings us into knowledge of Him. We know God. When you ask a young believer or baby Christian or even, even some non-Christian, when you ask him about God, they'll say that, I believe in God. You know, like a lot of young believers, when you ask them about God, they're like, well, I believe in God. And they emphasize that word believe. As if, if, because if they don't force themselves to believe, they just might stop believing. No? Like, they, they have a concept of belief, which is from the mind. You know, and if you have to believe with your mind, you have to be always thinking upon that. Your mind has to be always grasping it. And always working it over, because you're believing with your mind. But wisdom and revelations brings us into the knowledge of Him. It brings us into something a lot deeper. It brings us into our spirit. Now, if I, if, I told you, if I told you that Roy is a dependable guy, he's good looking, and he's dependable, you know, you're going to think like, oh, yeah, I, be- I believe him. I believe you. He's a dependable guy. I believe you. But then, you know, on the day that you, you needed some help, and then Roy comes beside you, and he helps you out, and he goes, 
goes above and beyond and he, and he carries you to that next place and he gives you money and says, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll come back here tomorrow and I'll help you even more. And when you see how dependable, when you, when you experience that, when you experience how dependable Roy actually is, it's, it, you stop believing it, but you know. Like, oh, I know. I know Roy is dependable, man. He had my back. You know what I mean? Like, I know it. That's, that, and that's, that's what wisdom and revelation brings into you in the knowledge of God. You know, like, I can tell you I'm a good cook. I'm a good cook. You're like, oh, I believe you. But when you taste my cooking, you're going to know that I am a good cook. The wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation brings us into the knowledge of God, helps us to know God. And you know what? That's what revelation does. All revelation brings us into the knowledge of God. If it's a revelation that brings us into the knowledge of something else on this earth, it's not from God. And it's not a revelation. It's just truth. It's just facts. But revelation leads us into the knowledge of God. We read on. And next, it goes on to say that it enlightens the eyes of our heart, which is revelation. That we may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What wisdom and revelation does is it brings us into knowledge of his eternal calling for our lives. And he, and he has called us to take part in this eternal plan. What wisdom and revelation will bring us into is a knowledge of God. And it brings us into a knowledge of what he's doing. What his eternal plan is. And it's not like something that God just made up last week. You know? We feel like, oh, this is what God's doing right now. He was not doing that before, but all of a sudden he's doing this and I caught it. It's my revelation. But you know what? God's been doing that from eternity to eternity. What God's doing is eternal. There is no beginning. There is no end. It's, it, it, it's already been done. It hasn't been done yet. It's everywhere in that spectrum. Our minds can't grasp it. Our minds cannot fathom it. But it brings us into that. It gives us revelation of what he's doing. It, it, it gives us the knowledge of his eternal plan. And it says, the hope to which he has called us, he has called us into something, right? Now, first of all, when, it's when did he call us and what did he call us into? Okay, so let's read Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 6. I'm just going to read this to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that he would be holy and that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. You know, Paul also uses the word predestined in verse 11. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. He's saying, before the foundation of the world, God added us into His eternal plan. God predestined us to be holy and blameless before Him. He predestined us to be sons of God to the purpose of His will. 
He predestined us to share in His glory. That is the hope to which He has called us. And you know what? Right now, it's hard to understand that. It's hard to understand that we here, sitting in the C. Robert Boss building, Kwangali B, sometimes it's hard to understand that that's what we're called into. That this eternal calling is before He created the earth, before He created the universe, He called us into this eternal plan. And the only way that we're going to be able to catch on to that is through revelation. It brings us into the knowledge, knowledge of His eternal plan. It helps us to know, you know what, people say, you know, why are we on this earth? And people are like, oh, I don't know. But that's what it, it brings us into the knowledge of why we exist. It brings us into the knowledge of what we're doing here on this earth. It, to be a part of His eternal plan. And when you look at it, it's eternal. And when you start thinking about eternal things, you start doing things in your life differently. You know what I mean? It says, it says in, in, in Colossians, set your minds on things above and not things of this earth. It's because God wants us to set our eyes on eternal things. I mean, when we set our eyes on eternal things, petty things on this earth don't really matter anymore. You know what I mean? When we set our eyes on eternal things, the problems of this world is not that, is not that bad. And that's what revelation brings us into. Wisdom and revelations brings us into the knowledge of the plan, this eternal plan that God has called each and every one of us into. And it brings us into the knowledge of that. Let's keep reading. Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly place, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. Wisdom and Revelations brings us into the knowledge of the power of God that is, work as, that is at work in our lives. You know, it says, in, according to the workings of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. You know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that conquered death itself and seated Christ in the heavenlies, far above every power and every name. That power is at work in your life. You know, do you know that? And if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, the power, the same power that the Holy, that God Jesus walked in, the same power that raised Him from the dead is in you. You know, it, it's in you, but you just don't know it. So many of us, we, we have the power, the same power of Jesus Christ that raised Him from the dead and seated Him up in the heaven. It exists in us, but, but we just, we like, oh, I'm worthless. All I can do is this hagwon job. I'll do it to the best of my abilities and, and go to church and be a good Christian. But we, but we fail to realize the power, the amazing, it says, the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us. It's this immeasurable greatness, this power that's so awesome, so amazing. Is the power of God is in us, and we do not perceive it. Why? Because it comes through revelation. The revelation of the power of God. You know, it's like, there's a difference between I believe God can heal. No, I believe God can heal. Yeah, I, I heard on TV that God can heal. And it's a difference between that too. I know God can heal you. You know, and that comes from Revelation. And let's, let's read the rest of the passage from verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him 
as head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It says all things to the church. And NIV says all things for the church. Now Paul wants to make sure that all of this does not stop at the personal level. Follow me on this. All of the wisdom and revelation and all of the knowledge of God and his eternal plan and the power of God that dwells in you, all of this should not just stop at you feeling better about yourself. It shouldn't stop at your personal enjoyment and satisfaction. Wisdom and revelation and the knowledge and the power of God is not just for you to have a better life. God didn't do the work of transformation in my life through the power of His Holy Spirit so that I feel better about myself after going to prison. I mean, like He didn't transform my life, you know, bring healing and deliverance into my life, set me free from sin so that I could feel good about myself living here in Busan with my wife. But Paul is saying that it's all for the church. And not just for the church, but for the church to enter into the eternal plan of God. It goes right back to the plan of God. He gives us the knowledge of God. He tells us what we're doing. He shows us the power of God. Why? So that the church, not individuals, but the church can go and do the, the work of the kingdom, the, the eternal plan of God. That's, that's the purpose of Revelation. God's saying, I'm revealing this to you so that it goes somewhere. It has to go somewhere. If it, if it, if it stays in you and remains in you, like that's, all, that's the only person that's going to benefit from it. If you're seeking God for revelation to only benefit your personal life, those are the only kinds of revelations that you're going to get. You know, and, you know, after the retreat, we are, we are in this new dispensation. And we are at new levels. And in those new levels, the grace for the old le- level of revelation has ran out. With new dispensation, we need new dispensation revelation. That's a lot of Asians. But it's true. With the new dispensation, we need new dispensation revelation. Paul's saying here that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and the knowledge of his eternal plan and the revelation of the power of God that raised Christ from the dead that we carry as his sons need to be for the church. And it has to be at that level. And it's for the church to go and do the works of the kingdom of God. You know, today we have membership class. And a lot of you guys, are gonna, many, not many, but some of you guys are going to be taking membership class today. And I want you to know that when you join membership with our church, you come in line with the vision of our church. But you also come in line with the revelations that Pastor Christian, Pastor Aaron, and the leaders of this church had received from the Lord in building this church and this body of believers and bringing it into the eternal plan of God. You enter into that. That's what you come into. And you come into, you know, when you just worship here with us, you know, and I'm not saying, those of you guys that don't become members, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to kick you out. No, we, you know, we are we more than welcome people that come and just worship with us. And, that's, and we think that's, that's awesome. But if you come in into, into the covering of this house, you know, that vision, it becomes yours. You know, and, and when you come under the covering, that is, it, the revelations become your revelations. And, that, and, that, and everything that this church, you know, we may not be able to see it from here, but for some of us, we know the vision. 
You know, the reason why I'm here, the reason why I left my work back in, in Seoul and moved out of my, my great apartment and moved here to Busan, the, the reason why 10 of us did that is because we know the vision. And we received it through revelation. And because we know that vision, that's not a sacrifice for us. Because we're partaking in His eternal plan. You know what I mean? And you come into that. When you, when you come into membership, when we come to the covering of, that, of this house, that's what you walk into. You walk into this vision. And at first, you're not going to get it. They're like, man, why are these people so happy? They're like, why are these people, they're kind of crazy. They move all the way to Busan, you know? But then the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is going to be in you, because, you know, when you come to our church, you know, there's, a, there's accountability. You know, we, there's a, a level, a standard of, 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 of spiritual walk that, we, 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 that you follow and you, you, you walk with us. And in that, you're going to find that you have the wisdom and revelation to receive the revelation to be able to see the vision of this house. It comes from revelation. And I know I was kind of all over the place today, but I want to bring it home with this. We need revelation in our lives. As Christ's disciples, we need to be receiving revelation. Our spirit needs to be that of wisdom and revelation. And I, be- I believe that a spirit of wisdom a revelation isn't something that we get and, and it's done. Like, oh, I got it. Things, spirit of wisdom and revelation. But it's something that we need to continually be growing in our lives. It's continually sharpening in our lives. And finally, the, the revelation of God, this plan, this power, isn't supposed to just stop with our personal fulfillment. That was for the old dispensation. But we're in a new dispensation with new revelations and we need to be reaching for the higher things of God the deeper things of His eternal plan, greater knowledge of Him. And we need to be seeking after it like silver or gold. Wisdom and revelation comes from intimacy. You know, don't depend on those boom shakalaka moments. It's like, yeah, revelation! Those are awesome, and you have to catch those. But don't let those moments that are far in between to replace the daily life of wisdom and revelation from the Lord. Daily wisdom and revelation. When you open the Bible, it stops being a bunch of stories. I mean, it stops being a story about a guy and 12 other dudes that, that walked around and said a bunch of things. It stops being stories and it becomes reality. It becomes, becomes truth. It goes and he speaks to your heart. You know, when you have the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation... words come off the page and it goes into your heart and it it heals you. You People get set free from depression. They read a single word in the Bible and it breaks off of them. That's not because the ink on this page is is good. It's not because this Bible has good binding. It's because the the spirit of wisdom and revelation was able to catch the words that are on this page and it became alive inside of them. And it brought truth and healing into their lives. I want you guys to close your eyes. And you know what? I'm not going to do an altar call today because I believe that everybody should stand up if we do this altar call. Because everybody here should be going after wisdom and revelation. And I believe that 
Some of us have this, 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 this wrong understanding that wisdom is something that falls from the sky. Something that we just ask God and sit around and wait for it to happen. Brothers and sisters, revelation and wisdom comes from intimacy. And it's something that we need to go after. Like it says in Proverbs, go after it like silver and gold. No, cry out for it. You need to be crying out for it. It needs to be a part of your lifestyle. It needs to be more than revelation that I got at, at, at our church-wide retreat. And it's going to hold me over to our next church-wide retreat. If that's your thinking, man, you are going to get left behind in this new dispensation. If you're thinking that the revelations that you got on those mountaintop moments is going to sustain you and bring you into this new level, you're sadly mistaken. You need to be going after it. In the presence of God. You need to find yourself in the presence of God. Ask Him, God, what does this mean? Give me the revelation. Give me the wisdom to be able to understand the depths of who you are. And what you're doing on this earth. And the power in which you're doing it. And how I fit into all of this. Show me, God. Show me through the Word of God. Show me, show me through, your, through your revelation. Show me through your voice. Speak to me, God. you got to be going after it, brothers and sisters. And it says... In the word of God, that, that God gives it to us freely. You know, he's not up there hoarding all this revelation. He's not up there, you know, have all this revelation and he wants to just give it to certain people. Wants to give it to a certain people and not this people. God wants to pour it out. And, but God is pouring it out. Right now, Holy Spirit that's in you is, is speaking revelation to you all the time. All the time. It's like a light that's shining. Revelation upon revelation into your spirit. But you need to catch it. You need to be catching those revelations. And it comes from spending time with God. It comes from being in His presence. It comes from understanding. It comes from, from crying out for wisdom. Father God, I pray that every single person in this room, from the oldest person to the youngest person, Michaela, is that her name? All of us will be people that hunger for your revelation, God. That we will be a people, a generation of people that treasure revelation from you, God. Like it's silver or gold. Like it's money. Like it's a paycheck. We will hunger. We will wait for the day that we get revelation from you, God. We want to be those people, God. And we know that to find that, we need to be in your presence, God. And we pray that we will be a people of your presence, God. Lord, help us to, to go after you in our prayer closet. Help us to go after you in the word of God. Help us to seek after you. And we know, Lord, that you're not hiding things from us. You're not hiding your light under a bowl. You're not hiding your light under a bed. But you're, 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 it's out in the open and you're telling us, catch it. God, and we pray that you'll give us the ability to catch it, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. And we say that we are your people, God. And I declare, I just decree and declare that every single person in here are a people of wisdom and revelation. I declare that. And that they'll find themselves in that place of wisdom and revelation. 
We thank you, Lord. Establish us in your truth, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.